the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here she is, Andrea K. You know I'm a bad girl. Do what I want, say what I like. Nobody can touch me. Trust me, I'm a bad girl. Get what I want, live in the life. Nobody can touch me. You know I'm a bad girl. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Taco Tuesday. Yeah, we're still waiting on that uh, AK crew to come up with the Taco Tuesday sound effect. I can't hear you if you're talking, my man. There's got to be a button you can press. I can't hear you if you you got to press a button, man, if you're going to talk I was re- Well, that's because I was using it to record earlier. No, I was saying, if you buy me a taco before the show, I'll <laughs> eat it on the show live. It'll be a live sound effect. <laughs> we don't need a demonstration of you eating a taco. Oh, come on. That's <laughs> great radio. Oh, is it? Is that good radio? I don't know. Um... Uh, thanks, thanks you guys for being here tonight. Um, if you are listening, however you were listening to tonight's Andrea K. Show, whether you're in your car on your way home, sitting back and chilling and enjoying the fact that did, did we get a little bit more of sunshine every day in our day? Um, I know I'm enjoying that fact, even though it's really cold here in San Diego. Uh, follow me on all the socials at Andrea K. Email me during the show and beyond at andreakshow.com. Don't forget to download the podcast. If you miss any part of tonight or any, any part of tonight's show or any night, feel free, or you just want to uh, re-listen to any past shows, uh, download our podcast wherever you get any of your podcast. Hey, write this number down. It's the number to call in live. It's 888-344-1170. If you're listening right now and bummed that you can't watch us, uh, no, we're not able to get the Facebook live stream up tonight. We'll try to make sure that we can get it available for you guys to watch on tomorrow night's show, because I know that you like seeing behind the scenes here seeing in the studio so uh, we'll try to make that happen for you guys uh, for tomorrow night okay great lineup of content and guests for you guys tonight do you guys know who this Tedros dude is who's running the World Health Organization I thought I did, and then you shared some scary details before the show. Man, I guess I didn't. Oh, dude is scary. He is scary. He is almost as scary as this World Health Organization pandemic treaty that's about to be signed by the Biden administration. Hopefully, it's not going to be. He's going to be here to share with you what you need to know. We talked about it a little bit last week with Reggie Littlejohn, and uh, she gave some details. We've got a little bit more to give you guys tonight. We don't have the um, some of the language uh, that's a part of this upcoming potential treaty. Uh, but we do have information that you need to know about what the plan is by the CCP, the World Health Organization, and this really scary dude, Tedros, who's in charge of it. So you're going to want to stay tuned for Scott Powell is going to be here at the bottom half of the show. Um, the ERA. Who remembers the ERA? Do you even, does anybody even know what the what the ERA stood for back in the day? This All was I know the is I'm a baseball lover. Earned run average. <laughs> no, the ERA was the Equal Rights Amendment, babies. Remember that from the from the seventies? I do. 
I remember, I remember mama had something called Ms. Magazine. Well, nobody's thought about, or to me, it's been a long time since I heard any mention of the ERA or any woman pro ERA because it doesn't actually, the Equal Rights Amendment movement doesn't exactly look or exist in the same way today that it did in your mama's generation. And uh, there was actually some interesting happenings related to the ERA movement and the fights for women's rights happening today in uh, Congress. So we're going to share with you a couple of sound bites that were really quite interesting and really sad and disappointing. So uh, stay tuned for that as well. A big bombshell, big, big, big bombshell regarding Christopher Ray, supposedly. But is it a bombshell? It's more like, it's it, like a firecracker. It, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's like it's like one of those dopey firecrackers that you got to You've got to. They make you do at women's baby. Women's, and not even a good one. No, it's like those silly little things they make you do at women at baby showers. Right. We got that. To, <laughs> yeah, they're so dopey. They're not. <laughs> you men are so lucky you don't have to go to baby showers like that. Oh, I've actually play, been to several. I already know oh what my it looks God. like. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad, but it's still good because it's just so much a part of our culture. I don't know. Do other countries do this? Do other countries have women to get together and, you know, play silly little games with diapers and like little dope? I I don't know if they do or not. Um, Those topics and much, much more, including the fact that things are looking uh, like looking even worse for Alec Baldwin. Uh, so just so much to get into on tonight's Andrea K show. So, in fact, there's so much I said to Skins beforehand. What do you think is really? I mean, what should we really open the show with? We like to open the show with what's really like the the hot topic of the day, and it, it, it uh, you know it doesn't seem as though uh, the, the probably the biggest most substantial the two biggest most substantial issues for the country right now are really um, related to anything related to the Great Reset and the new. World order, and we're gonna we're gonna save that for the bottom half of the show with, with Scott Powell. The other is the transing of um, the transing uh, of this country, and that's going to be involved in the ERA. But related to both is anything related to health care. And uh, this pandemic treaty that we're going to be talking about with the World Health Organization um, clearly has to do with COVID, right? So the big supposed big bombshell, so our, 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 the story we're going to open with tonight is the supposed, you, if you go to foxnews.com, you're not going to see anything related to today's bombshell supposedly having to do with the Fox News lawsuit on Dominion machines, which I care absolutely nothing about. Um but uh, they, they're saying bombshell. FBI Director Christopher Ray. Here's here it says bombshell. Here's the headline of their article. FBI Director says COVID pandemic most likely originated from a Chinese lab. That's the bombshell. I told Skins that I am so angry. I am so angry at five years later, six years later, seven years later after uh, after Donald Trump was inaugurated. That we have, we, when we have the biggest, most important issues of our time, where we don't have one news outlet, one investigative journalist outlet, one investigative body in the United States government that will actually give us any definitive answer. Don't tell me most likely originated from a Chinese lab. In the words of the great Judge Judy, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. It originated from the Wuhan lab. Period. Just say it. Say it. Where's the Sam Kennison soundbite? 
Where, where was it from back to school when he's the teacher and he's screaming, say it, say it. By the way, back to school, I can agree. Classic movie. Oh my gosh, one of the greatest. If you can if you don't laugh at back to school and Rodney Dangerfield and Sam Kennison, you have no sense of humor, in my opinion, right? But I'm just so sick of this. We already know it originated from the Wuhan lab. And years later, year three years later, you're still playing this couching game and then Fox News is pretending that's a bombshell. It's not a bombshell. It's not even an admission of what we've already known. For three we already years. knew. We've already known that Fauci, as well as the Department of Defense, were funding gain of research. We know that this is that it came out of the Wuhan lab. We knew that from, from boots on the ground in China. A bunch of students at the time revealed this. It was never from a wet from a wet market involving bats. Just like we already also know that masks don't work, that the shots, we were lied about the shots, just like we were lied about the therapeutics that were denied the American people. We were lied about the shots. If you want to believe that the shots somehow make your case of COVID less tough, fine, but that's not a vaccine. Okay, a vaccine is supposed to stop you from getting it and giving it one and and done and you don't take it again, one and done and you don't take it again. That's how these were built. And then it wasn't true. So they had to change the definition of a vaccination. Then they had to add on shots after shots after shots. We've been lied to. Right? But nobody will just flat out admit it, even though we already know. Nobody will admit that these shots are killing people, even though we already know. Nobody will admit that it's the cause of sudden adult death syndrome. If you think, if you want to think that these shots are worth that kind of risk, fine, make that argument. But don't tell me these shots are effective at stopping anybody from getting it or giving this this disease, this virus. And don't tell me, and one of the biggest lies, and I got to go back to these lies, because when we're looking at, and, and we'll be talking to Scott Powell at the bottom half of the show about this World Health Organization pandemic the fact that people are still buying into these lies is a problem because it's leading, it's allowing this country with these lies to take us into that pandemic treaty that's going to hand over our health autonomy as a nation over to the World Health Organization. And a lot of leftist sites, Andrea, they're saying, oh, no, it's not going to hand over U.S. sovereignty. That's exactly what it's going to do. Yeah. Uh, here's uh, getting back to Christopher Ray. quote, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. This is the head of what's supposed to be the most skilled law enforcement investigative body in the world. And three years later, all he's got is most likely. Man, get out of here. Get out of here. How was he still in his job? I would just make the observation that the Chinese government, it seems to me, has been doing its best to try to thwart and obfuscate the work here, the work that we're doing, the work that in our U.S. government and close foreign partners are doing. And that's unfortunate for everybody. He said that the FBI has specialists who focus on, quote, the dangers of biological threats, which include things like novel viruses like COVID and the concerns that are in the wrong hands of some bad guys, a hostile nation, a terrorist, a criminal. Um, let me tell you who a hostile, hostile nation state is, a terrorist and a criminal. It's Fauci who funded this crap. 
It's one of the reasons why I'm sick and tired of hearing about the origins. We need to investigate the origins. A, we already know what the origins were. And B, I don't want to hear, and this was a problem I had with Trump saying China owes us money, China owes us an apology, da, 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 da. This is straight hands up the responsibility of the U.S. government. The blame of the U.S. government. And nobody else deserves the blame but the U.S. government for the communistic COVID crackdowns that took place. going to take a break we come back i am going to shift gears because we're going to continue our discussion about that pandemic treaty with scott powell later on in the show but the era who remembers the this commercial straight out of the woman's equal rights amendment movement i can bring home the bacon fry it up in a pan and never ever let you forget you're the man <laughs> stay tuned News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Anjali, that was the name of the product, I think, that was, uh, I can fry it up in a, I can bring them the bacon and fry it up in a pan, right? Um, we don't hear a whole lot from the uh, National Organization of Women. We don't hear much about the ERA movement any right I- anymore. And in part, there's a couple of reasons for that, in part because there is no right that any man has in this country that a woman doesn't have. So this whole thing about, you know, equal pay is nonsense because um, women and by the way, women do not make 70 cents on the dollar for men. Uh, women make different career choices that typically have them uh, making less money um, because of their career choices, whether it's because they want to go into a less uh, income driven uh, industry or whether it's they want to take, you know, 10, 15 years or however many years off to raise children. So they have long absences uh, from the workforce. There's a variety of different factors that come into play there. Another reason why we don't hear a whole lot about the ERA and the equal rights for women movement is because it doesn't drive anymore with the left and the left's agenda. And the left's agenda is about shoving women under the tires of a bus in order to further their cultural Marxist movement in order to, to destroy our Judeo-Christian principles and values. The underpinnings of everything in this country is based on men and women. Uh, men and women being the only two gender choices, people being born male or female. Men and women are the only two people who can come together and procreate. That creates a marriage and creates a family. And they've got to destroy every bit of that in order to usher in their agenda. So I'm not sure why um, the left decided to bring an ERA pro-ERA person, um, I guess just as a matter of show, there to this hearing that took place today. Um, and I, I didn't watch the entire hearing that had to do with men and women today. And clearly what it was about is it was a, just continuance at this point of trying to push transing and the legitimizing and normalizing of transing in this country. And um, there were, you know, um, voices for women and uh, on the panel today. And of course, you can't discuss the issue of transing and what it means to women without talking about biological males competing with and destroying the hopes and dreams and athletic careers of young women. So I'm going to play for you guys this exchange between Dick Durbin and a pro equal rights amendment witness um, discussing concerns over men in women's sports. Clip three. 
Now we hear that what's at stake really is not a constitutional right for women, but the fate of field hockey. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to keep up with the arguments here. but It might not mean a lot to you, sir, but it means a lot to the girls who play. See, I, I, I believe you have a sincere belief in that, and I believe those girls would probably feel very strongly about the issue if they're field hockey players. Particularly when they're displaced by males on the varsity team. But you see, that's what the argument comes down to, the fate of field hockey. And I think it is much more fundamental. We are talking about the role of women in the United States of America and where we stand. Ms. Williams, I heard your reference earlier to younger generations puzzled, shaking their head at all these gray-haired politicians who are struggling with the very basic question as to whether women's rights should be enshrined in the Constitution. And they're off on tangents that most young people just don't get. Right. Am, am I putting words I in agree. Your- no, I agree. I definitely agree. The concern about the sports, that's not what we're worried about. I'm pretty sure there are way more important things for young people to be stressing about at the moment. And at the heart of this is the Dobbs decision and other decisions which relate to the right and role of women today. I think there has been a dramatic evolution in my lifetime of the role of women, and I'm sure glad that my daughters uh, and I assume my granddaughters will benefit from that. Oh, there's so much here that I find absolutely despicable in his comments that he made and that of the alleged young woman. Um, to the uh, the one of the things in general that he his his tone and his attitude is so misogynistic. It is so vile in the way he mocks and demeans anybody, any young girl who has a problem with this, that you're just so, that, um, you know, basically all they care about is field hockey, trying to diminish, he tries to diminish this entire issue of young women in sports having ha- having their, enti- uh, their ambitions, their efforts, their work ethic, their dreams completely destroyed by biological males, and he wants to minimize it and act it as though it's it, it trivialize it by saying that the issue is just protecting field hockey. One of uh, the pro ERA, ERA ERA woman said, "Well, it means more, uh, you know, to these young girls." Well, basically, he says they need to they need to stop being selfish. Was basically what his comment was. And then he goes on to be ageist and say the really, really the only people, I mean, he actually was contradicting himself because on the one hand, he's saying that trying to act as though all young people today, the young people of today are scratching their heads at we old gray haired people that only old gray, gray haired people have a problem with this. And the most young people today get it right. Well, how can it be both things? How can you have young women? He's acknowledging that young women are upset about the fact that they're, they're athletic careers are being trampled but then on the other hand he says no young people actually care about sports that's trivial and it's really just a bunch of gray hair people who haven't who haven't progressed with the evolution of women women have not evolved the role of women have not evolved only a woman can conceive a child in the, in the uterus and carry it and deliver the baby that has not evolved and it's absolutely outrageous of what is happening to young women in this country. And let me tell you, there's a whole lot, a hell of a lot of young women whose professional careers, income, right now, 
You want to hear something, Skins, right now? Do you, you know, as we've had college athletes become available in past years uh, to make money, even though they were amateurs, do you know who the number one top uh, money maker is uh, for uh, amateur athletes in college? It's a gymnast at LSU, babies. Go Tigers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me tell you, if that girl, and I don't know how biological men are really would ever really be able to compete against girls in gymnastics, um, but, but you think about her if she was maybe a swimmer. Would she be able to achieve that if she was a swimmer? We're talking about... We're, we're, we're talking about young girls, many of which that are, are competitors. It's every waking moment outside of their academics in which they're competing, in which they're working. They're working towards scholarships, which is money. They're working towards a professional career in the future, which is money. All being trampled. Trampled by despicable pol- politicians like Durbin. It's not right. It's not fair. It's narcissistic on the part of these biological males. They're the ones who are selfish and self-centered. And it's nakedly transparent as to what the left is all about here. And has nothing to do with women. And it makes me incredibly angry. I was going to play this clip then by the pro ERA witness who said, saying protecting differences between men and women is a job for the future. But Skins, when we were listening to it sooner, earlier today, I couldn't even figure out what she was trying to say. I agree. Yeah. So we're just going to leave this here. We need we need we we needed to have some young women up there like the ones that had their careers destroyed by Leah Thomas. And on top of having their careers destroyed by Leah Thomas forced to see his male parts in the locker room. That's really who should have been speaking today at that conference. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Scott Powell's going to be here. He's going to share with you everything you need to know, at least from from what we already know about this World Health Organization pandemic treaty. Stay tuned. This is the Andrea K show on AM 1170 The Answer, San Diego. Andrea K, the Donut Queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Uh, glad to have you guys here with me as always. You know, last week uh, we had Reggie Littlejohn on the show uh, to talk about, uh, she has her website, Stop the Vax Passports. And while we were talking about that, she uh, we got into it a little bit, not as not a huge amount, but we were discussing the possibly upcoming uh, World Health Organization pandemic treaty that is um, uh, in, in uh, for lack of a better word, um, in process possibly this week. And here to discuss is Scott Powell. He's been on the show quite a few times, I think, before. He's got a great article out you guys need to all see at Front Page Mag. And he's here to discuss. And there's some interesting things in here. Um, I, I think we might have all heard the name of Tedros, the guy who runs the World Health Organization. But there's a whole lot about him that I don't think the average American knows. So here to discuss what this pandemic treaty might involve and ultimately what's the goal of this and who this Tedros character is, is Scott Powell and he joins me now. Hey, Scott Powell, thanks for being back with me. Andrea, it's a pleasure to be with you. 
Oh, I forgot to mention your book, Rediscovering America, which you've talked about quite a few times on the show. And it's just a it's a a great book. Um, and, and I believe that you use uh, different events and holidays, et cetera, to share uh, about America. So everybody needs to read that book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's nothing about a World Health Organization pandemic treaty that we would sign that is um, based in the U.S. Constitution and what this country was founded on, is it? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, this is this particular uh, accord they're calling it now is unlike any other that the that the, the World Health Organization or the UN has ever rolled out. Here, they're they are uh, they have written the accord so that the sign if if the if the accord gets signed, it goes into effect. In other words, there's no provision uh, for the for the effect of the uh, accord to be dependent upon the legislature. In our case, it's the Senate. You know, treaties have to be ratified by a two-thirds majority in the Senate. This has been written purposely to circumvent the Senate of the United States, which is to say, to circum- circumvent our Constitution. Well, and, and this this is unbelievable that this would even be considered. Yeah, well, let's. Uh, Biden, Biden has helped negotiate this thing. Well, he tried to get it done in 2022 and it didn't work. Um, let's back up a little bit and talk about yeah. um, what what the ultimate goal is here. And as you say, um, the it's really the back door uh, to the Chinese Communist Party controlling America. Explain. Well, I think. You know, America's enemies never stop scheming about the ways in which they can bring the United States down. And China is our greatest, our greatest uh, strategic enemy. And <clears throat> so it doesn't do anything without a, you know, w- without a purpose mm-hmm. and a step towards uh, achieving their ultimate goal. So, uh, you know, they they had a plan to, to gain control of America through institutional capture, if you will. Um, they, they use United Front groups and other groups to, you know, to gain a political advantage in the target country. And, of course, the United Nations is, has a global reach, and, and they recognize that they observed what, what went on during our pandemic, right? They were great students of how we reacted, and what they could see was that the American people were very quick to be influenced by fear yep. and, and to, to basically uh, surrender their constitutional rights mm-hmm. and, and sort of follow the crowd and even succumb to lockdowns, uh, mandates of all kinds, mask mandates, uh, social distancing, shutting down of businesses and so forth. We all went along with this when, in fact, we never should have. So they, they observed that. And and I think that they are now thinking that uh, they can take the next step. Uh, a pandemic is a great way to uh, bring control over nations because of the fear factor. Remember, if in a fear environment, people will do things irrationally and governments uh, can exert more power when their population is fearful. So 
and they're continuing and, and, and pandemic right yeah. and and so and um by constantly coming up with new variants by continue they're continuing to to up the fear and the panic continuing to tell people that uh everybody has an equal chance of getting it and dying from it and continuing to come up with new names for the variants um to say that and and also to continue the idea that you know another pandemic is 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 coming they also did a really good job of convincing the american people that we're all in this together right that this is right. to to turn us from the idea of individuals into an into a collective to where everybody's responsible for everybody else and one of the things that americans went got on board with was you know um also uh, you know, travel involving uh, having to wear masks on planes or, or the idea that you couldn't, you know, go to another country without having the sh- get, getting the shot. So, uh, you know, there, you know, China has a great opportunity here, but also it's, you know, it's not even just China in a sense. I mean, this is a part of the Great Reset and part of the New World Order. Yes, it is. is, is Andrea, re- you're so right. You are so right about that. Yeah. And, you know, and, and they, that's, that was part of the end game, I think, with with um, the uniparty system here and all of our institutions that are a part of it, whether it's the FBI, the DOJ, the CDC, the NIH, the State Department. I mean, that's the goal of all of them. Uh, we're talking to Scott Powell. He's got a great article out on Front Page Mag called World Health Organization WHO Pandemic Treaty, the Backdoor to CCP Control Over America. Uh, the stakes are higher than ever. Um uh, that so you say- two, let, me, let me explain the two stages. Yes, I was Chinese, just going to ask you about the two stages. The, two. Yeah, the first stage of the Chinese Communist Party um, to accomplish this was gaining control and influence over the UN's World Health Organization, better known as the WHO. <clears throat> and what's interesting is that the, the Chinese are always grooming people. They're always on their lookout for people that they can co-opt, that they can bribe, that they can control and they wanted to get into Africa, of course, through their Belt and Road Initiative. And, and it turns out that uh, this, this uh, uh, foreign minister of Ethiopia, whose name was Tedros, <clears throat> uh, who, who, who was raised in the Ethiopian Communist Party. I mean, he's, uh, he is, uh, let me tell you a little bit about him. He's, he's got the profile of a tyrant, having been, you know, a member of the violent, powerful and corrupt communist Ethiopian political party. And he rose through uh, the Ethiopia's autocratic regime. He was health minister from 2005 to 2012, and then minister of foreign affairs from 2012 to 2016. As the foreign minister, Tedros had extensive dealings with members of the CCP and overseeing huge Chinese investments in Ethiopia. Uh, They included things, uh, you know, one project was a $200 million office building and then eight industrial parks. And during his tenure as foreign minister, Ethiopia reportedly borrowed more than $13 billion from China, which obligated Ethiopia to China and made the country sort of a bridgehead of the Belt and Road Initiative to extend control in the rest of Africa. So Tedros was the Chinese guy. They then saw... Uh, you know, for, for Tedros' career to get better, it would be to move up. Moving up would be to move into, into the World Health Organization as the director general. And they sponsored him, uh, sort of groomed him and then sponsored him. And he was successfully elected uh, in 2017. So that was the first stage of gaining control of the WHO. They have their man in Tedros, 
uh, elected as the director general in, in 2017. The second stage. Well, let me let me let's hold on for yeah. a second because I, I don't want to brush over this um, because yes. this basically what we've got is a uh, a, a, a communist who was part yes. of a, an Ethiopian political party that was violent and corrupt. Yes. Who, um, basically, um, then through the checkbook of China, um, was now, is now (coughs) basically owned by China and nominated for the World Health Organization, even though he's not a doctor and doesn't have any background in health. That that is correct. Um, so, uh, a, a violent communist, what a perfect person to head the World Health Organization, right? It's unbelievable. I mean, the truth is almost is almost uh, uh, less believable than than uh, than fiction. It's and the reason, more yeah, than fiction. And yeah. the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because he's been brought before Congress on a few occasions, and at no point when Rand Paul. Rand Paul did nail him to the wall on the fact that he's not a doctor, but at no point did I ever hear about this man's background being part of a violent communist regime. I know well. This is not new. They, they, uh, so often the leftists, the radicals, the revolutionaries, the communists are given are given a pass for their past political affiliations, particularly when they wear suits and they move on, you know, and, yeah. and they have the composure of a statesman. Somehow, the communist identity of them just sort of fades into the background, and they don't want to raise it. Well, yeah, and and you know, it's uh, it just goes to show what political theater it is. Um, no, because Rand Paul is supposed to be Mr. Libertarian, right? He's, he's supposed to be, um, but he's not here, you know, it, and it, it, it's just frustrating to me because he had an opportunity to grill this man on really who he, who he truly is and what his, what his goals are and, um, and, and failed. So, um, it's, uh, let's take a break. <clears throat> I'm hot and it's making me cough and I need to drink a little water, take a little break. And then we will continue our discussion with Scott Powell about this World Health Organization treaty. And Skins actually uh, brought in, he's got, uh, he found an article that the, uh, with the Republican Party's response to this. So stay tuned. We've got more to share with you on uh, this topic of World uh, Health Organization pandemic treaty with Scott Powell when we come back. AK, Dynamite in the Dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. We're continuing our discussion with Scott Powell about the author of Rediscovering America. Uh, he's a member of the Committee on the Present Danger China um, and senior fellow at Discovery Institute. Uh, so, Scott Powell, as we continue our discussion about this World Health Organization pandemic, treat, pandemic treaty, uh, you mentioned in your article, and I think it's important for Americans to understand, that under the U.S. Constitution, health care does not fall under the authority of the federal government, uh, but remains in the domain of the states under the 10th Amendment. Correct? That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. So without without legislation, without federal legislation, the American people should not have paid any attention to all these mandates that were, uh, you know, that that were delivered by corporations or um, they they had no legislative power over the people. And the federal government does not really have a place to do that. And we know that the 10th Amendment says that unless the powers are clearly given to the federal government, then 
then they revert to the states. So the states have uh, healthcare policies and is in the domain of each state, and and rightfully so because every state is different. Uh, you know, health whether whether it's a a virus uh, that is contagious or uh, this COVID nineteen was not really a pandemic. It was called a pandemic, but it's best handled state by state. Uh, and in fact, you know, the wisdom of the founders was that they, in, in creating a united state, every state would be a, uh, a unique experiment in liberty and that policies, the policy that worked in some states could then be instructive to other states. Right. Uh, so, so in some ways, you know, I live in Florida and Florida had no lockdowns. And we had relative freedom compared to most other states, certainly compared to California. My goodness, there's no comparison. And our incidence of, uh, of the COVID, the, the number of people that were diagnosed with COVID and the injuries uh, and, and the deaths uh, were, were, you know, were less than many of the other states that right. had the mandates. Well, the federal government, and then I want to make sure we've saved some time to get into what this One Health surveillance is, but uh, the, the federal government has, is, should have, is involved too, already too much into our health care with Obamacare, which was never about access to health care. It was always about giving, amassing the power to the federal government over over our bodies and our health care. That's a problem. Um, we, we also should not have direct from the CDC and the NIH to hospitals all across this country telling doctors what they're allowed to do with COVID patients, uh, what treatments they're allowed to, they're allowed to, to give, uh, compensating hospitals from the federal level to put p- patients on ventilators and remdesivir and denying them treatments and denying doctors the opportunity to do packages like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine with Z-Packs and beyond. So the federal government has is far overreached um, for too many years. And in fact, it, all the issues we've got in a healthcare system is because of government involvement. Let's talk about this One Health surveillance, what it means. What can you tell uh, the listeners about One Health surveillance as part of the pandemic treaty? Well, it calls for member states to implement um, a surveillance system, which is so broad that it can include environmental climate or even even agricultural emissions to be used in claims that mm-hmm. CO2 or other emissions, they claim that, that, uh, you know, that nitrogen fertilizers, uh, are, uh, you know, are harmful to the economy and the, and, and the nitrogen that's used in, in fertilizers also in the raising of cattle. We have too many cattle cows flatulate, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they release, uh, methane gas that's harmful to the economy so the point is that they they wrote this so broadly that they can make claims of anything almost uh, for there to be a, a health emergency so it's and even this- worse than just the fact that it would give the un and the world health organization the right to come in declare a pandemic and uh, approve treatments uh make decisions on lockdowns and shot mandates and things related to you know supply chains but basically it's so broad that it gives them power over large aspects of our life and i've been saying how long have i been saying energy and public health those are the two areas to where they get pretty much most of control over everything with our lives with those two and right. uh, the Republican Party 
Um, Senate Republicans warned Tuesday, that, uh, this according to um, this from uh, MSNN um, News, uh, they have warned that they will oppose any attempt by the Biden administration to adhere to uh, this treaty. Um, but I don't know um, what what happens if they sign it. If you know, I mean, how are we really obligated? If, if let me ask you this: so if Joe Biden signs this, the world's going to think that we're obligated. But does it really trump our constitution? No, it does not. It does not. And if it's challenged in the Supreme Court, which it should be, uh, the Supreme Court, in all probability, high probability, they decide in the in the favor of uh, of of the constitutional rights of, of individual states, that the, that the sovereignty of the United States cannot be signed away without the treaty protocol of two-thirds of the Senate voting in favor of the treaty. This, while they're, calling, they're purposely calling this a, an accord to be evasive and, and avoid the treaty clause of the Constitution. This is just classic, you know, uh, political deception that we're, we, we, we have so much of it everywhere. And when it comes to our lives uh, and, it, it, you know, we, we, we've got to be, have a heightened awareness and push back at every front. Now, the other thing that's alarming about this, this accord also opens the door to information and ideological corruption, you know, which really comes out of the language in the protocol in, in the, in the accord that you can read. And it says, and I quote it, uh, it is, it, they're going to they're going to they have a clause calling for the design of communications and messaging strategies for the public to counteract misinformation, disinformation and false news, thereby wow. strengthening public trust. Well, let, let me tell you, this is just the opposite. I mean, these people are projecting the very thing that, you know, that uh, we're, we're all very concerned about the labeling of you know, of a different perspective as misinformation or disinformation. And then they're going to criminalize it. Yes. Then they will yes. criminalize it. And that's, that's what's coming next is, um, uh, they've, they've got it. They've got to control the message and you control minds and you control the outcome of elections. And so, um, this is, this when is really, when you really take stock of what happened in 2020. One minute left, Scott Powell, one minute. Yeah, wrap us up. It, it is, it is hard not to see, that the the release of the COVID-19 uh, virus, uh, which was spread and allowed to spread, but spread to America, a huge fear factor was developed, which allowed for the changing of all the voting of voting protocols in key states. We all know what happened. Uh, you know, Donald Trump was enemy number one. The Chinese wanted him out, and they were also involved in this whole process using COVID-19 really to change election laws, which in, in the end, uh, we, we know what happened, that mm-hmm. we have an installed corrupt yes. president who is bought and paid for by the Chinese. This is this is unbelievable. That it is. All right. Scott Powell, I appreciate you and uh, your love of this country and how well you write about it. And thank you for being here tonight. Everybody needs to get his book, Rediscovering America. Read this art- article at Front Page Mag. Thank you, Scott Powell. Andrea, it's a pleasure. Let's do it again. All right, we will soon. And you guys, come on back. We've got another hour of the Andrea K Show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.